Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back, Murder Chronicles Nation, to a somber Monday in the United States, marking the 22nd anniversary of the attacks of September 11th. How you doing, Carolyn? I mean, I think that you opened up perfectly. It is very somber. This morning when I went on social media, the very first, um, there was the image of, and I, I'm sorry, but I forget his name, but the the guy who was like, guys, are you ready? Let's roll. And I mean, I remember that story, that story right there. Yeah. And and all of the people that were on the plane. United 93. Yeah. The bravery and just the, you know. Yep. I think that that's, I mean, that's the first image. That, and so, yes, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, there were a lot of heroes that day. Yeah, I was, it was strange. It, I, I similarly woke up and uh was reminded this morning like i didn't i didn't go to bed thinking about it right but uh i was thinking about it a lot yesterday because of the first day of the nfl season a lot a lot of the new york teams and uh were you know honoring the the anniversary um but you know went to bed woke up this morning <clears throat> and uh and realized oh yeah wow that's today and and it's such a in stark contrast to i remember how long it felt to get to the first anniversary of 911 you know, I was just this national kind of trudge through this tragedy and and trying to make sense of everything and 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 counting the dead and honoring the dead and and figuring out you know what went wrong and how it could have happened here and how are we going to respond and you know and the the saber rattling for you know uh, the war in Iraq and and you know our boys were on the ground in Afghanistan within 24 hours you know and all of that kind of stuff and and. It just was, it was such a turning point. I mean, to put it lightly, you know, in our nation's history. And, and you mentioned United 93. Um, I don't know if I've told you this, but you know, I have a, do you have any 9-11 stories, any personal 9-11 stories? I don't, but I, I remember you told me about your brother and I yeah. was like, what the, that yeah. is. It was, it was just, it was such a crazy time. And I was working with a kid uh, whose brother uh, died in 9/11 and and for three or four days didn't know if he was alive or dead. He worked in the in the World Trade Center, and uh, and I just remember sitting up with him. A bunch of us were like going in, in shifts uh, as it went from we heard he got out, and then it heard from well maybe he didn't, or maybe he's at one of these Red Cross tents scattered across Lower Manhattan, and we got people looking everywhere, and then finally uh, there was one person from this firm that had been in a coma. And he woke up after like six days and he's, and he's one who finally said, no, I saw Richie die. And so we didn't know until then. Yeah, it was brutal. Really, really brutal. But, um, you know, here we are. It's 22 years later, 22 years. Can't believe it. 22 years. Kids born after nine 11 at nine 11 or can drink. Right. <laughs> That's such a, oh man, really, really, uh, tough to put. It's tough to put it in a box where you could where it could be understood, you know, because there's so many different aspects of 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 human understanding, you know, that you want to try to kind of paint it with. And uh and you just I 
Well, I mean, even our own understanding, how things changed for, you know, just for ourselves. Yeah. Everybody remembers what they were doing when that happened, you know? I mean, it's like the, the, the day of infamy in 19 with Pearl Harbor and, you know, all of that, obviously we weren't there, but it it feels like the very similar. Yeah. It's our, where Um, were you, you know, like when Kennedy was shot for our parents and nine 11 for us and for the world really, you know, it was such a big, you know, like we said, like a big turning point. Yeah. So, you know, we all so what is your brother? I got I have to just I just have to stop for a second. What does your brother do on 9-11? Because he would have been dead. Yeah. Yeah. If he would have gotten on that plane. Like what yeah. does he what my brother's, does he do? You know, my brother's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he he's when I've I've people have asked him, you know, aren't you what what he goes, well, I was I was fucked up that day, but you know, I'm not gonna carry it around with me. You know, like he he was able to cut it loose, you know, and and uh, he's not a, you know, everything happens for a reason guy. You know, he he's, you know, he believes in, in free will and that, you know, we can kind of make our own way and that um, it's not like I wasn't supposed to be on that plane. He was, he was supposed to be on the plane. He just made a decision to go to a Yankee game instead, you know, like that's, it's, it's the decisions we make shape our lives kind of thing, you know? So that was a decision that he I made. I know, but what's terrifying about it is that whenever we think of that, it's the decisions that we make. We always think they're these huge, massive decisions. And in your brother's case, it was like, I love the Yankees. They're raining out. I'm going to stay another yeah. day, you know, yeah. and it was such a random decision, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Field of Dreams. Do you know Field of Dreams? Okay. Of course. So there's a moment in it between Moonlight Graham, the character, and uh, I guess he's talking to to Kevin Costner. I don't know if James Earl Jones was in the scene, but Moonlight Graham was talking about his only major league appearance, okay, where uh, he played in the outfield and he never got an at bat, okay? And he said, uh, he goes, I knew whether I knew they were going to send me back down, and uh, you know, and I, I hung him up and blah 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 whatever. And then he he said this great line. He said, we never mo- we never realize the most important moments of our lives while they're happening, right? It's always in, in, in hindsight that you go, whoa, that decision changed like everything after that, you know? And that's a really, it's something I've thought about a lot, you know, like, can I trace anything back to these good or bad, like shitty decisions that I've made that, you know, fucked up my life for years or great decisions that I made, you know, like, like working up the balls to like ask out my wife, you know, um, like that, which I know because I wasn't some Lothario, you know, like, hey, ladies, come on. Come on. No, it, like it was terrifying for me, you know. Um, so like decisions like that are 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 really, really important. So but we don't know it while they're happening. Like my brother didn't know. I'd love to go to the Yankee game. That'd be great. Who could have thought the violence that was going to erupt 12 hours later, right? Nobody freaking knew. So, you know, I actually think about decisions that I've made. And when I, I, I mean, I, that, that's where my gratitude comes from, to mm. be honest. Like I actually think about, and my, you know, self-actualization, like believing in myself because of de- good decisions that I make. And I try to like, remember that and just be yeah. like, yeah, that was a good one. You know, that was a good one. Yeah. Good job, Carolyn. You know, because I think that, 
you know, it's important to have gratitude for good things that happen. And they're so random sometimes, you know what I mean? I mean, there's yep. the decisions that you make that are good decisions that are painful to do in the time, but you get through it and then you're glad you did it. But then there's just the decision of whatever, you know, being kind to someone in a moment. And uh, so anyway, yeah. So we're lucky to be here. Absolutely. We are absolutely lucky to be uh, here. By the way, there's there's a text that I want to read to you. Hold on. It's not a message, I should say. Um, I don't know if you remember Robin from it was the her sister. She's been looking for her sister. It was one of our it was I think it was episode number seven. Okay. And um, she was like, she sent me <laughs> she sent me this uh, message and she said, just listening to the bonus episode of Kui Bono. Tell Brandon to watch The Pharmacist on Netflix if he hasn't already. It's just more of the game of Big Pharma and the doctors who are prescribing meds to intentionally keep people addicted. Great show, by the way. It's really fascinating. So she likes her show. And wow. she likes you and she wants you to go check out Big Pharma. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have I have reached a limit on uh, on Big Pharma detestation after watching... Uh, uh come on what is it dope sick oh my gosh i could i uh, that was my takeaway brilliant series by the way i just michael Mm -hmm. keaton is a fucking national treasure and that story was done so well um and that oh man that company that put out Mm -hmm. oxycontin man that was just it's Mm -hmm. evil and i don't like using that word a lot but really yeah purely driven by money that's it Mm-hmm. not driven by making people well or mm-hmm. making people better or, uh, and I don't even know if that was, I'm sure it must have been at some point like the Genesis for that company, right? Like let's, let's provide a public good and let's make people's pain go away or let's, let's abate this disease. Let's do something like that. But somewhere along the line, it was all just about, pure greed and well i think evil empire i feel yeah. like that's absolutely yeah. right yeah Woo. Um, so let's talk about broken women Woo. i know a few of okay. those okay first of all <laughs> i want i did this one for you i you are the one that asked for this yeah okay. yes you yes. did. You Let's were talk. like, don't you, I know. Do you remember of course, that? Of course okay, I remember. Brandon is like flexing. Of course yes. I remember. And what I didn't know, I was going to get these gems, you know, of societal just just <laughs> disgust, right, from the Victorian era, right? Yes. <laughs> Where they just hang these scarlet letters on women, you know, broken and fallen and oh, Man, when guys could go out there and do whatever the fuck they want and everything's fine. I know, but women have to be dressed a certain way and they have to serve their man. They have to keep the house clean. They have to look great and all that. Man, what a time to be alive. No, I'm kidding. It's disgusting. (laughs) You were really flexing. I wasn't sure. Your chest was popping out. You were like, like, I'm going to go grab my ascot and I am going to... What happens to me with this with this show all the time, especially with time machine shows like this one, um, time machine episodes like this one, where we can look back at that and realize how awful and disgusting the societal norms were back then, okay? Yeah. How are people 145 years from now going to look back at 2023 and be like, oh my gosh, I can't fucking believe 
what was acceptable back then. I'm not surprised that people will be given the state well, what of will our it politics be? right now. They're state just of our politics, like, sure, of course. The, uh, mm-hmm. the state of of you know our our political discourse has mm-hmm. gotten has gotten terrible. Um, I don't know. Maybe your treatment of animals might be environmentalism. Something. Environmentalism. Like, what the? What, what were they thinking? What, what the were hell? they thinking? How could they ignore these massive storms that has, hasn't happened ever? And not, right? Maybe yeah. that could be it. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was like, it was really hard to take. I mean, I'll tell you, because like in what what I didn't put in there is that like, so the wife, the husband could cheat on the wife. Sure. And not, she couldn't get a divorce. But the way that she could get a divorce is if that she proved that he beat her was um, uh, created, what is that saying? Um, when you have, or if they were guilty of incest, like mm. you had to prove these other things. Right. It was just at least two of these other things that they did. And so it was like, but for a woman, if you did that, like you were just completely. You, you know, got nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. No parental rights. No you money. Know, I don't really, I mean, I, you know, because I don't know how she would pay for them, you know, right. because it was like, you know, I mean, they, you know, the guys held all the cards, yeah. you know, I mean, think of the jobs that women could be employed at, at the time, yeah. you know, it's not like they were high powered. No way. Um, you yeah. know, positions. so, so Dickens, yeah. massive fan. It's it's mm-hmm. terrific. And I, I like the, the, the connections that you made there. Um, uh, would have liked to hear a little bit of, uh, Tale of Two Cities, but that's okay. You went, you know, Copperfield and you went, okay, it's fine. Um, uh, what I didn't know mm-hmm. was how few official records existed about the victims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Found that super interesting. And I also didn't know what a coroner's inquest was. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it was kind of like a hearing or not really a trial, but there were yeah. p- people were questioned and mm-hmm. uh, and conclusions could be drawn and that were legally binding. I didn't know any of that. I found that super interesting. That's mm-hmm. really cool. And imagine if we had that for this case, but we don't. Um, and I love me a couple of good conspiracies, especially where the Masons are concerned, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> and so I, I like how you drew this, not comparison, but a conclusion that with the lack of any official evidence, the media was able to write whatever they wanted to sell papers. And mm-hmm. they really did. They, they really did. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so talk about the canonical five. That's something like big in history to be given that kind of title where it's like canon with regard to serial killers. Yeah. You know? I mean, I didn't honestly like get it at first because I really didn't know a lot about the Jack Ripper, Jack the mm. Ripper story. Yeah. I mean, I knew basically the 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 high level view, but I didn't know canonical five what that meant. And basically, there were other victims, but they didn't have the same kind of signature. And right. so, um, you know, they were trying to figure out. And then, did he actually, you know, stop? But he did, you know, according to based on what he was doing. So the canonical five are the ones that they absolutely think were. Right. But of course, then you have the ripperologists, which they're called. Some people would say, oh well. Um, Elizabeth Stride wasn't, we don't believe that she was actually a victim because he didn't eviscerate her and he didn't do the other things. But, you know, clearly, you know, I think they made a case that, 
you know, he was probably caught in the act and had to run, you know, he right. wasn't going to hang around to, to finish it and then get caught. So, right. um, so the canonical five are the five victims that they believe are Jack the Ripper victims. Yeah. Yeah. Based on MO and location and all of that. And signature. Yes. Signature within the same period of time. How long was he active? Two, two years? No, it was like three months. It was like oh, summer wow. of 1888 till November, which is just a few months. And then I thought you were going to get into the speculation, massive conspiracy theory that he came to America and was the devil in the white city. Oh, H.H. Holmes. Have we talked about that? We well, I've read that book, The Devil in the White City. Devil in the White City. Like, yeah. Okay. It was like, and just that whole history. I mean, what a great book. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, book. it was like so there some, right. There were some people who thought that that was Jack the Ripper come to America. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 See, I didn't know that. See, there's just so many things that could pay off of it. And I I felt like, you know, okay, if I was listening to this, what would I want to hear? I just wanted to give like the 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 30,000 foot view, because it can go so deep in so many different directions and so many different, you know, like they had this American who they believed he's one of the suspects tumble to you or something like right, that. Right. And man, this guy was a piece of work. Like I was thinking, I mean, this is the guy that did it based on, he would like have uteruses pickled yeah. and like bring them out at parties and yeah. hated women was a total misogynist and told everybody in the world how much he hated them. And, yeah. you know, so it just, and he was there at that time and he was a quote unquote doctor, but he was like one of the doctors that didn't have a medical degree, but, you know, somehow got away with saying he was a doctor. Um, so, you know, there's just so many people that so many suspects and, you know, you could just lose yourself in a rabbit hole there, you know? So all of these women were drinkers. They were all broken women, correct? Definitely. Definitely. And the last one was a that, fallen woman. She was an actual sex worker. I think that, okay. So the third victim, Elizabeth Stride, she was from Sweden and she had this whole story I mean, it was terrible and I won't get into it because it's too long, mm -hmm. but basically it's believed that she was also a sex worker. So okay. potentially Elizabeth Stride and certainly Mary Kelly, but the other three women, there was no evidence to support that they, that they were, you know, they right. could have been, but there was no evidence. And that's the thing, like, you know, you really need to know before you start but that was back in the day it didn't really matter they were either considered broken women or fallen women and if you were either of those then it didn't you were viewed the same what if you you're know? both of those then you'd be my college girlfriend no i'm kidding i didn't well, go to college um, <laughs> i didn't go to college but <laughs> um I mean, I just think that, okay, so like nobody was drinking water and they were drinking beer right, as drinking their primary beer. Sure. source. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, like that they're was gonna, hilarious. it's probably, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty easy to get addicted to alcohol, you know? And then right. because they'd had these tragic lives and it, and that book that I read, the, the five was amazing, but they basically, they all had these stories that were just heartbreaking. Right. I don't know how anybody wasn't a raging alcoholic back then just look at the right look at the, the 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 gosh the conditions you're living in right you're dodging Absolutely. chamber pots getting dumped out of windows you know, know what i mean right, right? and there's no job and that was another thing that they said about that time period like the the person the family that lives in that one room 
there's like one bed. And I'm like, how does that even work? And then they'd have them tucked underneath the bed. And, and so then, you know, they were just saying there, there was just no privacy and, you know, people are, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah I mean, it's just it's like, it's awful. And then I was reminded that the newspapers didn't have pictures in them, didn't have photographs. There were drawings. Yeah. Right? So you get some crazy artist, right, who draws these diabolical depictions yeah. of Jack the Ripper, right? That would mm-hmm. scare the shit. It's like a comic book meets a newspaper. No, you know? it was. I, I actually wrote comics and I'm like, well, this yeah. isn't a, it's an, they would call it an illustration. An illustration. Like, okay. Yeah. But there was these panels and then it's like, you could just see the editor back then like, okay, go to, you know, go to Whitechapel district and go to this place and like sure. sketch and, it out. And so would they allow newspaper sketch artists at crime scenes? Well, they weren't even taped up. And, and I think right. I read somewhere that they basically wanted these crime scenes to be wiped so that because people were really freaking out and i think they kind of was like oh nothing happened here you know and it just kept happening over and over again and so then obviously so i i think that you know that was probably more of why they didn't take photos until the very last one because they were just like it didn't happen you know but obviously they couldn't keep that under wraps and it kept building and building and building and they obviously didn't realize that they were dealing with at first you know, this, the serial killer who's going to yeah. be, you know, doing this. Um, so. So almost so as much you, to, to answer your question, yeah. they didn't have crime scene, crime scene tape up. You know, people just went there, including these, illust- um, these uh, artists, and they were able to sketch at will of what they wanted to do. You know, there was nothing stopping them. Right. And you, if you match that then with the with the writing that was meant to scare people into sell more papers, right? Mm-hmm. It's just one just kind of feeds the other. They're just trying to scare people, you know, and sensationalize it with the writing and with the illustrations. And um, oh man, all right. So almost as much as, as there was a nice kind of meeting of two kind of uh, just awful conspiracy theories, like almost as much as anti-Semites will eventually blame Jews for everything, okay? Conspiracy theorists will always eventually get to the Freemasons, blaming them for shit, okay? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of both, right? Like, as you mentioned, there was rampant anti-Semitism with the the immigrant population coming in, you know, uh, and and with uh, the Irish as well kind of coming in. So there were a lot of people that you had the opportunity to hate and to blame shit on back then. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, but I love these, these Masonic conspiracies and, and to the extent that I don't sound like a lunatic, I mean, you know, who knows? Some of them could be true with just with regard to like, let's protect people in our group. Right. And if, you know, and if you happen to be a high ranking Mason, who and and you're also in the police department okay okay well then who's to say you're not going to help out somebody in your masonic lodge if they get jammed up with something you can make it go away i'm mm-hmm. sure that that i mean that happens now without freemasonry okay mm-hmm. that happens um so but back then when you're much less under the 
under the the sharp light of of the press that didn't really exist how much backroom dealing kind of went on you know oh my gosh Non-stop. absolutely non fucking stop yeah i mean i didn't not believe it because i'm like this would never happen it's no it's like, just you can't prove it and so you right. can't prove it right. and but i absolutely think do i think that it could have happened i mean you know yeah because absolutely especially when you look at how they were tre- how the victims were treated and yeah. it's like yeah they they deserved it i mean yeah. you know that was the 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 sentiment you know they yeah. were these broken women and you know it just really gave you this feeling of like as a woman you really couldn't fuck up at all like you could not why has the patriarchy just hated women for so long is there an answer to that? Do I sound like a I, fool for asking? I, I think that they, I don't know. You're a man. You tell me. I mean, <laughs> but I've never hated women. I mean, I, I know women you in don't. My life. Right. No, I, I know you don't. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, I think that people in power, whether they are, they're male or female, human beings are capable of anything. They're capable yeah. of good. They're capable of evil. Right. So I think that when you have power, concentrated within your group you want to keep that no matter what i mean does it come down to simple just like genetics that for the most part men are just larger and stronger and can force weaker humans to do the shit that they want them to do i mean i think back in the caveman days absolutely but i think now you know people i think that you know shrewdness cunning manipulation you know plays a big thing but this this structure that we have in place where you know women are just tamped down you know people of color are just tamped down you know because of these other people they get to you know rule the world like that's fucked up and it still is i I think i mentioned this before in an episode a long time ago but uh in my opinion one of the big thinkers of the 20th late 20th early 21st centuries was uh christopher hitchens the late great christopher hitchens and he had mentioned something about uh the subjugation of women and he said historically you can look at the most successful like societies uh have been the ones that have focused on the empowerment of women absolutely period right like allowing women to choose who they're going to marry women to Mm -hmm. choose when they're going to have babies if they're going to have babies Right. Let alone being forced to do it or having that yep. having that be, yeah. a, you know, a part of the definition of womanhood is you have to produce offspring. Like all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and thinking about that. Well, again, it should fall under the no shit umbrella. A lot of times it has to be set, you know, and people for people to actually hear it and to understand and think about it. I'm, I'm one of them. Right. Like for well, me, here's the thing that, yeah. that, that took a long time to dawn on me. This is one of the biggest life lessons is that. I always think that people want the same thing in terms of like peace on earth, happiness, right. other people, you know, like giving people a leg up, you know, all that stuff. And, and the hardest reality was that, no, there are people who want to burn it down, who want to like have their own agendas. They, they don't want to get along. Like they don't want to do that. And so I think that you really need to, kind of understand who you're dealing with to answer that question, because there are people who are like, yeah, I don't want women to be empowered. I don't want people of color to have any power. I don't want, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, they don't want that. And nothing you say will ever make them want that. The they that don't want that are, are white men. 
No, no, that's what it is. The they that you're talking yeah. about, they don't want women in power. They don't want people of color in power. Or it's white men specifically in predominantly white countries because they're afraid. Of, it's called status decline, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're afraid of. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm not one of them. Like it's that Tucker Carlson, the great replacement theory, you know, that racist kind of, you know, overtly racist uh kind of trope or canard right that will somehow uh be lessened by it mm-hmm. you know which i which is just it's fucking ridiculous but anyway you know here we are and uh we've come a long way but we've got a lot farther to go um yeah and i think that this episode certainly shows that oh, you know Jesus like have, i mean it's like i know <laughs> I was getting so mad because I'm like, I mean, I'm a closet. Like, I love Pride and Prejudice. You know, yeah, sure. Those, Some like, of those books those are great. Movies. Well, no, I mean, and just watching that whole thing and like, oh, right, right. Yeah. Being titillated by like a, a, you know, a toe going out and then like, oh my yeah. God, they're holding hands and just that whole like, it's actually, it's, it's and, massive like, repression that's <laughs> leading to that. I know, right. but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's just buying into like total BS because yeah. if the woman does anything wrong, oh, you're broken. You're, <laughs> you're falling. <laughs> Whore. Like, holy shit, that happened so fast. I know, I know. So now it's like, I'm going to be watching that. I'm like, don't do it. Put your toe away, goddammit. You don't know what you're doing. Fuck. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Put your toe away. I know. I know. (laughs) I mean, that's, listen, that's why... You know, in these Sharia law countries, women are covered head to toe, head to toe to not inflame the passions of a man because it won't be his fault. (laughs) Fuck, it won't be his fault. If he sees a little bit of the skin of a woman, he'll go crazy. And then it's your fault, woman, for exposing a bit of your ankle. Right. And and it's yeah, I know. Again, it comes down to the man and the woman's to blame. Yes. Woman's to blame. I mean, that's what it, you know. Yep. You and I were just having a conversation about this where I was telling you something. And I was blaming you for it? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like that was said, a joke. I, I, I know, but it meant so much to me that you're not, you know, we laugh about this and I'm yeah. sure people sometimes that you're a caveman and <laughs> all that stuff. And it's like, it's exactly what I was talking about. And I said, by revealing this, I don't want you to, hold this against me that you're going to say that. And you're like, I'm not like that. I don't do that. And I know that you are. And yeah. and I hope I'm not speaking in code. I feel like I, it's just kind of like, you get it. Like if, if a woman expresses themselves and they may be emotional in the moment, it doesn't mean that they're weak. No, it doesn't mean that they are less than, or that you can't then suddenly, you know, count on them. I no. mean, it's just, I don't know where that came from. I mean, I feel like I'm very happy with my emotions because I sure. feel like I am a human being. Like if I, if I was just like, just making decisions with my brain all the time, instead of my heart, sometimes it's like, I don't want to be that person, you know, yeah. no matter if that means that I lose out on successes because of it, because I'm viewed as whatever, you know? Yeah. You know, what was interesting. Another 
kind of literary, massive literary work uh, by Victor Hugo in Les, Les Miserables when, uh, in the first part of that book, when he chronicles kind of the life of Fantine, right? Cosette's mom. Um, and how quickly it happened for her, because you mentioned it. Like if w- one man speaks something against you and then you're out with fucking nothing, okay? Oh, and, uh, and, wow. and, and and in Les Mis, if you remember, Fantine was working at the factory and the foreman like made a pass at her and she rebuffed him and uh, and she's fired, basically. She's gone. She's gone. And Valjean happened to own the factory, Okay. And he comes in uh, during this fight and doesn't know what's going on, but he's busy. He leaves it to the foreman, figure it the fuck out, dude. And the foreman's like, you're gone. You're out of here and fucking fires Fontaine. And then it's later Valjean finds out how the Jesus Christ, which what Fontaine just went through because she was being lied to by another man who was watching her daughter who kept saying, she's sick. We need more money for medicine. She's sick. We need more money for medicine and lying. Okay, so now Fontaine sells her hair, sells her locket, then eventually is selling her body. She gets really, really sick. Valjean finds her too late. And as she's dying, she says, take care of my daughter. And he says, I promise you that I will protect her for the rest of my life, which was such a beautiful moment. And he does. He does. Mm -hmm. That's the great thing about that book is that Valjean is a guy that gets it, right? He's a guy that he was falsely imprisoned. Well, not falsely, but he was... He stole the shit and he broke the window, but um, 19 years because he tried to escape. So all, and I know, listen, yes, it's a fictional book and everyone's like, no shit, Brandon. We know we've seen the, the Broadway show, but the book is very, very different because it gets much more into the the psychology of it and, and kind of the institutionalized kind of, like we talked about the misogyny and, and how women were looked down upon. And it takes a guy like Valjean who kind of understands and sees beyond all of that and just sees a person suffering right and sees them in fear for someone that they love and he has the power to ease that suffering as she's dying and and he keeps his word and all that so just you know every now and then there no, but in little... that the man is the hero you know she should have been able to be her own hero you know but she had to fucking die yeah but she gave her, her life hair, for her daughter her which, is, which is heroic and valjean doesn't let anybody forget that right at the very very end of the book okay um while valjean's dying and he's keeping the secret that he's not really Fontaine's dad, right? And what really happened to her mom. And then he tells her. And in the book, it's so powerful because he gives her, he reads this letter um, and he says, it's, you know, the last thing that I haven't told you is your mother. Her name's Fontaine. And then he says, remember that name, Fontaine, fall to your knees whenever you pronounce it. For as great as your joy that's how great was her suffering. Okay. And you're like, Whoa, dude. So he totally didn't let that go. He didn't Mm -hmm. say like, ah, forget it, forget it, forget it. He's like, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. You're the greatest joy in my life as my daughter. I wouldn't have had you if your mom hadn't done what she did, like all of that. So completely kind of like builds her up. So, um, well, and full circle, that's why, that's why these women needed to be, their stories needed to be told. Yeah, because 100%. they went through incredible trials and tribulations that nobody probably, you know, we only talk about the killer. We yeah. only talk about, you know, you know, Jack the Ripper and, you know, who was he and was he right. this and was he that? And it's like, I think this woman's like the first person that was interested in saying, wait a second, you know, these women had these, you know, really hard suffering lives that right. need to be, 
you know, revealed at long last, you know, yep. they need to have their humanity back, you know? Yep. I want to talk about the, the wonderful performance that your interview guest gave when reading the letter. <laughs> I wasn't that creepy. I know it went on he for was, a little long. Oh no, it wasn't long enough. Are you kidding me? I wanted more of it. I was like, he's really into this. You know, he did a performance when he oh, was like, that scared the shit out of me. I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that scared I know. me. That scared me. So my question was, uh, how, what's the, what's the veracity of that letter historically? Do people think that was actually well, from the killer? Some people, a lot of people think that it was written by a reporter mm. <laughs> to, to sell Just, more yeah. Because the ears were never cut off of the next victim, Right. I just promised to cut the ears off and and I I was waiting for that. That was the perfect letter to be written by a serial killer. I mean, a writer would have to write that. You know what I mean? I mean, not to say that. Yeah, but back then everybody wrote with such a flourish, right? It's like, I'm doing, I'm I'm researching all of this stuff about, about uh, 1860s in America right now. And even letters from like the stagehand at Ford's theater were beautifully, beautifully written. Mm. Right. And, and so, I, you yeah. know what, I recently wrote a letter and I could not believe, like, we just don't write. I mean, I write, we don't write letters. We don't write letters. Yeah. And it, it's like, yes. So to, yes. But, but also if he was from the East end, there was no guarantee that he actually knew how to read and write, mm. you know, and that right. was a pretty intricate, pretty <clears throat> intricate letter, you know? And then how much, um, Vigilante justice, misplaced vigilant vigilante justice was happening because that's terrifying. If you're walking around with a medical bag, you're getting fucking beat down. If you have a medical bag in Whitechapel, I mean, I think that they, you know, especially with people being all drunk all the time and they were like drinking, (laughs) you know, it's like, I mean, where the beer flows like water. Yeah. Yes, because they can't drink water. What but a terrible yeah. three months to be a physician in the East Side and the East End. Oh my gosh, no kidding! And just imagine, like you're just trying to get home, and then all of a sudden, someone's like, "Just Jack the River, <laughs> kill him, like kill him!" Like beaten to <laughs> a know? pulp. And so, how many? I think I remember there were, I think two. There were what's believed to be eyewitness accounts of seeing him. Right? Yes, two, two of the victims. Okay, that's they're, they're that's yeah. I mean, yeah. Who the the one. With Elizabeth Stride, the third victim, yeah. they definitely believe that that was most likely. And then Mary he, Kelly. He was murdered very shortly after that. Right. And, and then, then Mary um, Kelly, they saw the picture. Mary up. Kelly, yeah. And she whispered something. She's like, <laughs> come with me, right? That's Is how that you guys, what it sounded that, like? That's how you guys do it, right? Mm-hmm. A dude whispers mm-hmm. something stupid into your ear and you're like, hee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh-huh. and so, and that was that one was fucked up because when you said uh, it was the first time I, he was inside and he and he was able to take his time because they were alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know you can see that autopsy photo. I mean, not like you're. I going was going to ask. Really? It yes, yes. It's and it's in black and white, and it is horrible. It is horrible. Like it's I felt- from it's from her room. Yes. Oh Jesus. Yes. Send me a link yeah. to that. I don't want to even search it in case the FBI is monitoring my computer. I know. So- you know what? My yeah, you're right to think my my search history is insane. I mean, I yeah, just- no shit. 
all of a sudden there's a string of unsolved murders in Renton. <laughs> all the evidence points towards a true crime reporter. Don't jinx me. I know you don't believe jinxes, but I do. So don't. Oh, jinx- are you 11? Do I owe you a Coke now? Don't jinx me. What the fuck are you talking about? Just spit out my water. Warn me next time. See what you bring out in me? I swear to God, we were sitting next to each other in class. There was this kid that I used to sit next to. Uh And he was, I was right-handed. He was left-handed. And we Mm -hmm. had this battle going on all the time, right? I could. Why don't you switch seats? Because I think we liked each other too. Oh, okay. Okay. You know? Now the truth comes out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, that that wouldn't have worked <laughs> right you know you weren't looking for a solution you wanted more conflict yes yeah <laughs> yeah of course i understand <laughs> are I understand. you psychoanalyze me of course not of course not um okay so uh those were all of my uh all of my notes um and i had a vague recollection of a johnny depp movie from 20 years ago called from hell did you ever see that was he a vampire or something? No, or no, he- no. He's a police inspector in England uh, tracking. Oh, I did see that. Jack the I Ripper. That, but I don't. Yes. And yes. they offer a pretty, you know, I remember when the movie was being marketed that they're like, have they solved it? Have these filmmakers solved the identity of Jack the Ripper? And I'm like, no, it's a movie, dude. But good movie. Johnny's, Johnny's great. Who in would it. believe that? Like, yeah, we're going to yeah, find listen. out if it's actually been solved. Right. But it's one of those things that you can't disprove. You know, you but it, you know it's like, and it, and it's not like a preponderance of the evidence will give you is is what you go with. Like it's most likely this, or uh, as opposed to this guy. You know, like I would I would believe that it's the guy who died while during the investigation because the murder stopped. That would tell me, okay, that was the guy who did it. Let's look at him and let's let's prove it. You know, and work backwards. But that's really not how investigations work you don't start with you know an answer and then try to make he the died it. it must be yeah, him it's got to be him. well he no not only he died but he died and the murder stopped mm-hmm. you know and i know that's why i didn't want to go back and forth with all right. these people because it's like right but according I mean, to ted bundy you're not going to stop you either you only stop when you die or you get caught yeah you know, and he's somewhat of an authority, and what you know, I know you're pulling killers. Ted Bundy, but right. it's appropriate <laughs> right. here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but this was great. This was a really, really interesting uh, uh, episode, and and this guy's book seems interesting. Also, uh, imagine what his fucking search history looks like. He's been <laughs> following serial killers from like the Stone Age. Is that what you said? Oh my and gosh! Like, when you talk and, to him, it's like a complete like yeah. Look out. Yeah, but so so that's cool. Like I'd like I'd like some more of these, like some uh, old school serial killers. You know, mm-hmm. they'd be interesting. So um, let's let's get this let's get this guy on again. Let's I want to read his book and then figure out. Um, he was the one that I talked to for the um, <clears throat> the Times Square Torso Killer. Oh right. Yeah, and right. you know what's really sad. Is everybody, if you haven't already, Times Square Torso Killer, I think, was episode four. It was early, five. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but his the the his partner in that, the woman who 
um, befriended the the guy that killed her mother. Um, her mother. She recently passed away. Oh wow! And yes. it's like surprisingly like without all any sudden, answers. Yeah. Anyway. Damn. All right. Well, Monday Night Football's on, and uh, Joe Buck got some new hair. He looks. Are you good. ready for some football? He looks good. Um. All right. Well, listen, everybody. Uh, thank you for spending some time with us today, and for uh, this macabre trip down memory lane uh, across the pond and into Vic Victorian England. Um, mm -hmm. It was a treat, and uh, well done, Carolyn. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. So, Murder Chronicles Nation. Again, thank you for joining us. Please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. If you can find the time, head over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a good rating and a review and maybe share the show with your friends. It would help us out a ton. Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Nope. As always, thank you for listening to the Murder Chronicles. I'm Carolyn Osorio with the wonderful Brandon Morgan. <laughs> Stay out of dark alleys. If something feels wrong, something is wrong, people. Stay safe out there. Talk to you next week. Bye. The Murder Chronicles is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself, music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.